0: Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean.
1: And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast brought to you by Duke's Mayo Mac. We made it the national championship is today? I can't believe college football the the season is going to end today, and sadly today, Mac. I don't know how else to say this. We're an SEC podcast question <laughs> mark?
0: As fate would have it, KG. Uh, somehow this is where we are. Uh, but as you said, we, we got through the season. I mean, unbelievable. I, I did a couple of uh, little radio things last week, and you know, some people just said, you know, what, what was your most memorable thing of this entire year? I said the fact that we did it the fact that we got through it and uh you know we'll crown the champion tonight is uh just really unbelievable that we were able to do that especially when you know we see that we're still right in the thick of this crazy virus and and all the things that go along with it uh, a couple of updates for you guys the upcoming schedule is loaded later this week we're going to start our mini series ACC under review and w- the way we're going to do it is Basically, we're going to go through every ACC team, talk about their 21 football season, and we're going to have some of your favorite writers, reporters, radio folks that cover your team to help us out. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be so much fun.
1: Mac, I can't wait. By the way, this was Mac's idea. Going to give him a a shout out here. Hey, this is a
0: joint podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: but we were obviously going to recap all these teams and then you said let's have some of these some of these writers and reporters on and i thought oh yeah let's do it so we have a great list that we put together brainstorming and basically it's the best of the best That's okay right. the the best and not the very best cuz there's a lot of great people who cover every team sure. but the best of the best for each team is, is going to be coming this on our pod is this the
0: all acc team of writers
1: Yes, I would say writers and there's a few radio guys. That's right. It's basically writers and a few radio guys. Yes, I think this is the all ACC media team.
0: I love it. Maybe there'll be an honorable mention that comes out later.
1: Yeah, that's true because <laughs> we don't want to hurt any feelings. All right, Mac. Before we get to um, our special guest today, who's going to help us break down this SEC, I mean national championship, we got to tell you about Duke's Mayo our sponsor, Dukes has that twang, that little Southern something that elevates food from good to downright ridiculous. Over the past 100 years, Dukes has continued to cultivate and celebrate its commitment to family recipes and bold Southern flavors. In addition to their flagship mayonnaise, which is still made, according to Mrs. Eugenia Dukes, an American hero, original recipe in Greenville, South Carolina, Dukes offers flavored mayonnaise, regionally inspired Southern sauces, And honestly, my personal favorite, the mustards, the chipotle mustard, go get it right now.
0: Come on, KG. Thick, creamy texture, trusted since 1917. And honestly, my favorite thing about Dukes is exactly what you just said. That Dukes mayo, outside of the twang, it's the creativity. Y'all, listen to these flavors. A hint of lime, bacon tomato, habanero garlic, cucumber dill, fire-roasted red pepper. Are you kidding me? I mean, shoot, KG, all you need really is two slices of bread in any jar of those flavors. And you have a killer sandwich. You don't need anything else with those flavors. Y'all have to check it out. Head over to dukesmayo.com. Embrace the new flavors and that same old twang. KG, as we have said time and time again, I don't know how we got here, but this is an SCC podcast. We have moved to the dark side for exactly one episode, and we're going to have a little help. We are about to go to the Arm Barn and bring in one of our absolute favorites, our Dukes Mayo guest, Ryan McGee. Come on, KG.
1: Mac, you just used an Arm Barn reference, and- um, That was just for you. It just makes me realize we are meant to be podcast co-hosts. Of course- We watch all football, but this guy knows SEC football like the back of his hand, even though he grew up in ACC country. We get to that. I can't wait to hear what he has to say about this matchup. Let's jump right into it.
0: Ryan McGee, my man, I've got to say this is a big deal right now because for starters, you were the first ever SEC-oriented guest, and now you are the first ever repeat. SEC-oriented guest on an entirely ACC channel, but for this episode, you're like Darth Sidious. We're going to the dark side, my man. This is an SEC-centric podcast right now.
2: Welcome back. There he is, Darth yeah. Vader. Welcome uh, you, back. You, yeah, you're speaking my language. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited to be here. And it's, uh, um you know, I got my I got my SEC Nation t-shirt on, which really? was a complete coincidence. That wasn't I – didn't, I didn't mean to do – they don't make Marty McGee t-shirts. So, I, I wear the really? SEC Nation. That's an
1: outrage.
0: That seems like a big miss right
2: there. We'll, we'll work on that. But, I, we'll, Ryan. I, always, I think the Marty McGee t-shirt should be like when you would go down to, like, Sam White Sports World in Greenville, and they would, like, Put the shirts on the thing and put the press on them and put yes. the foam letters on. That's what the Marty McGee T-shirt should look like. So we'll see.
1: We'll, but Ryan, we know we know your true self. We know you grew up dead middle ACC country. <laughs> yeah, in North yeah. Carolina and Greenville, South Carolina. Shout out. So we, we know where you come from, right? That's right. That's we right. Won't, no, we won't John, tell anybody though. It'll
2: be a John Swafford always loved to bring that up. <laughs> Yo, know, Ryan, I, I appreciate you hosting this show on. Greg Sankey's network, but we all know where you're really from. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> Good
0: call. I love it. Well, hey, let's let's just jump right into it, man. Uh, who's going to win the game? I, I mean, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, no, I'm joking. no. no. I'm joking. We're going to do it at the end. I'm going to give you some time. Okay. I want you to think all about right. it. I want you yeah. to think about it. Because yeah. this matchup, it feels weird to me because we're talking national championship. We're talking Georgia. We're talking Bama. We just saw this game, and it was a beatdown. Georgia yeah. was favored by seven points. Bama wins by 100. For some reason, I think Georgia has a chance, and then I'm starting to think, okay, Nick Saban kind of owns these guys. How
2: can he possibly lose? So I don't know where I am with this game. Well, and Georgia was up ten nothing in that game. Like, like they they were so in control of that football game in the first quarter. And uh, Mark Smith and I were standing on the Alabama sideline just because that's just where the tunnel happened to be. And it was really interesting watching and feeling the building change. And, and you know, I, I made a comment. I, I think Georgia can beat Alabama. I do. However, uh, I, mean, I I think there's some value in getting the loss out of the way. You know, Nick Saban will tell you, that A&M loss was like the greatest thing that ever happened to them. He, There's only a couple of his championships have been undefeated seasons. He really believes in having a loss to remind you that you can be beaten. And so I think Georgia, you know, they really didn't really play anybody. You in November when Alabama was playing a really tough schedule. And so they just – you could feel them kind of checking out in that building where they lost two SEC championships and a national championship all to Alabama You know, within the last couple of years. And so, yeah, they're up 10 nothing. Uh, they were in control of the game, but it always felt like they were worried. Now they need to get behind. You know, when all these games that they've lost to Alabama that I've mentioned, they had leads like early in those games and lost them all. So yeah, I think getting that loss out of the way was probably a good thing, though it didn't feel like it for Georgia fans.
1: Okay, speaking of the loss being a good thing, we talked, I mean, Georgia was number one for most of the year. We talked about how great they were, and and a lot of times we talked about their defense, because their defense is full of dudes, and it has been excellent all year. Was that kind of performance, when you give up 40 to Bryce Young and crew, was that good for this defense? I, I think it manifested a bit in the Michigan game, but do you feel like we're going to see a, a different mindset and maybe energy from this Georgia defense?
2: Yeah, and we already saw it. I mean, you mentioned Michigan. Michigan moved the ball this year, and they really scored three points in that game. You know, they they, they had 11 when the final score was over with. They scored late, got a two-point conversion. I think it was about four minutes to go in the game, but, but they only had three points the majority of that game. And when you talk to Jordan Davis and all those guys, you know, in, in early November, it was we're, we're not going to give up any touchdowns, and then in Alabama game, they give up a lot of touchdowns. And so, yeah, I, I think I think that wake up call is very real. And the reality is, Stetson Bennett to fourth is great, um, but he is not Bryce Young. He's not Tua. He's not Baker Mayfield. He's not you know you're just going you know, throw them all out there. He's a game manager. Uh, he can he cannot lose the game but the defense is going to have to win the game by giving Stetson, you know, the kind of room that he needs.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. We've talked so much about Jordan Davis all year and yes, he's a behemoth and it's kind of funny because his personality is so opposite. So he's yes. so interesting, but beyond Jordan Davis, if, if you're not naming Jordan Davis, give me the guy that you think could be the key for Georgia's defense. Like you lately, who, who's the most important player on that defense, not named Jordan Davis.
2: Well, I'll give you a group. It's the downfield guys. Um, we know how good they are up front, but the reality is, is that those Danfield guys got picked apart by Bryce Young in a championship game. I mean, listen, he's throwing dimes and I don't care. You can be Dre Bly at that point. You know, you weren't going to defend those passes. I mean, he was dropping them in there. And so, uh, I think that's the group. Um, we know the front seven can take care of business. I'm not worried about those guys because of Jordan Davis and, and quite frankly, the numbers are better for other guys because they're having to block Davis, but but downfield, um, that secondary is that's the key, and they look they look pretty good against Michigan, but but it, that that's that's where it's going to be. They don't need to shut Alabama out. They don't need to be worried about you know no touchdowns and all that stuff. That'd be nice, but the reality is they just need to bend but not break and just keep Bennett in the football game, and um, that that's the goal.
0: When you look at this you know UGA defense, N'Kobe Dean has been everything. I mean, such a leader, such a ball player, a very intelligent young man. Um, I, I don't know if I've ever seen anything really like that where I don't want to say guys are submissive to him, but it's almost like anyone you talk to, they refer back to N'Kobe. It's like whatever he says. I mean, he's the guy. He's the leader. I mean, have you kind of seen that growing in his career and kind of next man up mentality, or has he always just been this alpha and now he's on the biggest stage?
2: I think it, he's always been an alpha, but you know the deal, man. You got to wait your turn. Um, you know, the only teams in the country that have recruited at the level that Alabama has in the last five years, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, that's it. And and so those are the schools that are for forward- position, right? I'm, I'm, I'm only slightly exaggerating there. So, yeah, you got to wait your turn. But he's always been that guy. I mean, he's always been that vocal. Um, and Jordan Davis is not. You know, when he when he speaks, everybody knows they need to shut up and do whatever he says. Um, but, you know, your guy, uh, he speaks all the time. So, you got you got <laughs> to have the one that's always talking and you got to have the one that when he talks, it's the punctuation for the other guy. And that's what those two are. I love that, man. I love it.
0: uh, It it makes sense. It's the synergy. It's the two leaders doing it their way. All right, we're talking UGA defense. Let's look at the Alabama offense. I mean, Bryce Young had his Heisman game. Not a Heisman moment, an entire game against Georgia. And that's ultimately why I voted for him. I thought it was very even playing field. And then he kind of took it on championship Saturday. Is he too good for Georgia to scheme? I mean, you, you talk about those dimes that, you know nobody could guard
2: do you think we see something similar to that in this championship game i think so i mean he 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 didn't look as good against cincinnati as he did against georgia um you know part of that is the the, the fact that you know his go to guy you know john metch is not not available um you know they didn't miss him in the second half of the georgia game but i thought it was pretty obvious they missed him um in that cincinnati game they 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 took care of business in that game but, but they they could have used they could have used that downfield punch that they're that they're used to in Mechie. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Young is, be honest now, when you decided to put him number one on your Heisman ballot, if you hadn't already, it was when he did that Jamel Holloway wishbone uh, pitch. <laughs> it, it wasn't a pass at all, right? That right. We were standing on the sideline and he'd already thrown a pretty sweet touchdown pass before that, but then he had that, he had that pitch. We all thought it was a keeper. All of a sudden, he pitched at the last minute. It looked like—I mean, if you're my age, it looked like Oklahoma, Colorado, Nebraska—you know—one of your old school '80s—you know—option plays. Come and on. then, two plays later, he threw the best passing through all night. Right. You know, in the double coverage, and threw that through that ball to the corner end zone. So yeah, he's so good and he's so smart. And I tell it's insanity to me. Is I'm already seeing all the Heisman lists for 2022. He went on a couple of lists. I don't I don't think people realize what? that he's he's around. I don't right. I think people think he just assume he's in the machine and he's gonna leave at the end of the year. Right. But no, he's he's gonna be back next year. Yeah, he's a he's a freshman, sophomore, however you want to look at it. He's played yeah.
0: only two years. He cannot leave, he cannot go no. anywhere. It's, no. it's it's gonna be fascinating. So you mentioned Matchy being out. Uh of course, Jamison Williams still there, all the production that he's had, leading receiver and yards and touchdowns. But who who steps up? I mean, is there another Five star freshmen just waiting to dominate. I know, I know you mentioned we didn't really get to see it much against Cincinnati, probably the best secondary in all in college football. But in this game, I just feel like somebody has to step up at the wide receiver position outside of Williams.
2: They have like three options, like for, for whoever that person is going to be. And, and again, talking about being someone of a certain age, you come to me at any point in my life before about five years ago and try to ex- tell me that in 2021, 2020, 2019, 2022. Alabama is going to be stacked at wide receiver, like no other team in the country. I'm going to tell you to, you know, put down the pipe because it's never. (laughs) There's no way that that's. But but it's just that's who they are now. And it was interesting because when we threw it out to the offensive coaches leading into the semifinal, it was like, all right, who's going to be the guy? Listed five guys, And, and so I think that just that that speaks volumes to who they are because back in the day i remember when, I remember when julio jones got hurt They had receivers it's over it's yeah over. now it's now now they're, they're literally six and seven deep and all these guys are four or five stars so yeah the, the fact that receivers want to go to alabama is i'm old unfair that's weird to <laughs> me yeah
1: and also unfair okay the fact that, and we're going to get into more of Bama's defense too, but George is a three-point favorite still. Do you think that Mechie is the reason why?
2: Yeah, okay. I think that's it. I think that um, – I don't think that's fair. Uh, you know, I, I, I hated seeing Mechie leave. Again, Marty and I were on the sideline. We, we were there for the whole thing. We watched him walk off the field with the trainers. We watched him stop and, and watch uh, Bryce throwing a touchdown pass and walk out crying in the crowd, oh. chanting his name. And so I get it. But but I also have never believed that um the the loss of Mechie was enough for, for them for the number one team in the country to suddenly not be a favorite in the game. So it's, I agree. Uh, but it's a testimony to to how good Georgia is. Everybody just kind of threw them out because of the SEC championship game. But the reality is they were the number one team in the country going into that game. And uh, you know, they're the number two team in the country now and and you know, handled Michigan pretty pretty well. So yeah, it's it's um I you know, I I don't put money on games because I've quite frankly I'm terrible at it. Um but every time I disagree with the you know, with uh, iron handed John and you know, uh, you know, ham handed Frank and all those guys in the <laughs> desert, I, I don't I don't win, but it's uh I don't get it. But they
1: always seem to know, um, but yeah. I also don't understand why they're voluntarily giving Nick Saban more rat poison.
2: That no, just no, doesn't
1: seem like a good idea for anyone.
2: No. I can guarantee you, Kirby Smart does not want to be the favorite. This no,
1: game. Kirby's like, what the heck, Vegas? Why? No chance. Why yeah, are you doing this?
2: And by the way, Kirby Smart to me is a story. Um, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a little older than you guys. Kirby was played in the late '90s. You know, intercepted Peyton Manning, and those Georgia teams in the late '90s were the perfect example of what Georgia was from 1980 until this year, which is they're always that close. They're always one play away. They're always one first down away. They're always one win away and they've never been able to get over that hump. And Kirby smart came back to his alma mater. Same haircut, by the way, that he had in 1997, <laughs> um, the Lego hair, but he, but, but to me, it's, it's just, it's an amazing story. Um, him coming back to his alma mater. And the reality is guys don't, Win championships at their alma mater's anymore. The last one was Philip Fulmer at Tennessee in '98. Wow. So, yeah, wow. it just it just doesn't happen very often. Not until uh, not until Dabo goes to Alabama. <laughs> hey, hey, oh. hey, you stop that. It right sounds
1: now. like we've lost your connection, you Ryan. That. Oh no, oh we lost him. Oh yeah. gosh,
2: yeah. Well, Saban's never going to retire. You you said is yeah. He, he's, Saban he's, is immortal. Team. He's never going to retire. He'll figure out some way to coach forever. Exactly.
1: Okay, if you had to give the edge. To Georgia's defense or Bama's offense, which unit do you give the edge to on Monday?
2: Well, I mean, quote the great philosopher Richard Flair, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man. So I'm rolling with Alabama's offense right now. Um, <laughs> Georgia's defense, we we threw that word generational around, you know, leading into the SEC championship game. And statistically it was. I mean, they, they literally put up numbers that we had not seen since the late 70s and the late 80s, as far as points per game and points on the season and all that um points given up you know over what 12 13 game span all that stuff but the last time they played we saw what happened and so I'm you know maybe it's the sports writer I mean you guys are the athletes I'm the nerd there really is I mean I saw it in Atlanta the oh hell here we go again is real it, it is real and and it just swept over the Georgia sideline and it swept into the grandstands with the Georgia fans and that they outnumbered Alabama fans three to one in Atlanta. And so, you know, it won't take a lot, I don't think, to, to put them back in that mindset. And um, you know, that Alabama offense has the ability to do that very quickly.
0: Mm, man, that is, it's is real, and it's a terrible feeling when you got it going on. And uh yeah. let's let's turn the tables a little bit here. Let's let's look at Alabama the number two defense in the SEC, only giving up 82 rushing yards per game and absolutely stoned Georgia the last time they played running the football. How personal is this going to be for Saban? I mean, the fact that outside of once, outside of Texas A&M and, and you know, the things they were able to do, he doesn't lose to his assistants. And now really just wanting to you know, put an exclamation point on this season, the fact that it is against someone they already beat. I mean, do you expect to see this Bama defense really just step up to this occasion?
2: Yeah, and I'll uh, do respect to um, the Michigan guy who snuck into New York when nobody was watching and showed up at the Heisman ceremony. Um, the, the best defensive player in the country is right smack in the middle of the Alabama defense. Um, and and, and, it's, uh, um, and, and it, that's, again, as someone who speaks when he wants to speak, but also... Uh, can be very quiet when he wants to be quiet because he's too busy piling up numbers. And, and so I'm talking about Mr. Anderson. And it's um uh, that defense is really, really good. And, you know, we we want to hold them to the standard that Georgia set. But the reality was, when you're playing in the SEC West, and it is the YY West now. I mean, you know, the worst team you saw all year was what, Mississippi State, um, you know, in your division. Um, you know, that's just that's offensive football. So so it's uh, yeah, their defense is really, really good. And they were overshadowed and they were mad about it going into the SEC championship game. And uh, they got everyone's attention. Well, what thing was over with.
1: No doubt they did. OK, let's talk about Georgia's offense, because, you know, when I think back and, and you brought up Davos, so you you broke spades here. I can mention Clemson um, when Clemson was able to defeat Alabama in those two national title games. I felt like, yeah, they had good enough lines of scrimmage to compete, but they also were able to be themselves and they were able to get outside the hashes and let their athletes make plays. And what I really liked about what Georgia did against Michigan was using Cook in the receiving game, using your best athletes, which for Georgia is their running backs, except for Brock Bowers, of course, and using them in the receiving game. Do you feel like that's something Georgia can utilize against Alabama since it was so successful against Michigan?
2: Yeah, there's no question about it. And I think that um, – I asked the question when we were in Dallas. I was in Dallas for the combo, uh And I was hosting a halftime Kentucky basketball game that was leading into the football game that afternoon. And I asked Jordan Rodgers uh, – Jordan Rodgers and Tim Tebow and set. I just asked those guys. I said, can you still win a national championship with a game manager quarterback? You know, I looked right at the camera and said, no offense to Greg McElroy." But can you can you in 2022 now win a national championship with a quarterback that just gives it to Samir White and completes his passes and, and dinks and dunks and you know uh, plays a very Greg McElroy football game? And Jordan Rodgers' answer was no. Um, Tim Tebow's answer was I don't know. And the difference is, um, what do you lean back on? And what you lean back on is Samir White. And what you lean back on is that defense. And so, you know, Stetson Bennett's numbers are sneaky good. Um, And I think it's they're getting creative and talking about getting the ball into the hands of your best athletes and figuring out the most – it's the Bill Belichick way of life, right? You know, find a quick guy, get him to football, and, and keep getting it to the hot hand until it's not a hot hand anymore. So, yeah. Stetson Bennett, to me, Stetson Bennett the fourth, by the way, sounds like he should be, you know, the president of Bushwood Country Club. Um, but but, but, but he is sneaky good at quarterback, and that's why he has kept the job. Even with JT Daniels, you know, taking snaps from practice, you know, pretty regularly for the last couple months. So it's uh, – I think he can do it. Um, but this might be the last time we ever
1: see it. I think the real question is, is Georgia – the only program that can win a national title with a game manager quarterback, because yeah. low key from almost did it. And I, right. and from at times they were saying number one pick. I was like, okay, but from was a little bit of a manager. So what about that question?
2: Yeah, no, no. And, and, and I got that. I got that last year about Mac Jones. Um,
1: those people you, weren't watching.
2: Those <laughs> people weren't watching. No, no, that's <laughs> exactly right. My So y- y'all y'all know this. My, my, Favorite, and when I say favorite, I mean least favorite thing about the NFL draft is when my esteemed, award-winning colleagues who cover the league that I, I don't watch the league. By the way, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't process. But so much football, and so I keep an eye on the Panthers. I keep an eye on a handful of players that I covered. Past that, I, I can't. I don't. I went to I went to a Panthers game this year. Um, but the point is, is that the NFL guys drive me crazy when they start calling and going. Well, now what I heard about so and so is so and so. I'm like, did you watch any football at all on Saturdays? Because you didn't. Because that's how I felt about Mac Jones. So yeah, it's it's um, it's easy to lump them into that category, but the reality is, yeah, I think that if there's a team that can do it, there, I think there's two teams that can do it. I think they're the two teams that are playing a national championship game. I don't think <laughs> Alabama has to have Bryce Young to win a national championship. Right. I don't think Alabama has to have Tua to win a national championship. But they have them, so, so so they keep winning
0: championships. <laughs> do you think that Georgia is able to run the ball at all? Do you think they're able to
2: be balanced, or is it all going to be on Stetson? Um, they're gonna have to be. I mean, I, you know, I, we'll, we'll see if they can or not. Um, I think they can. I, I think that again, I think there are benefits in the loss, and and I think that you can see some things that you can do. Georgia's plenty physical. Georgia's plenty big. Georgia's plenty of deep. Understanding that Clemson had a little bit of an off year, the only team in the country that can get off the bus and, and win the I test game standing next to Alabama during a pregame warm votes is the University of Oregon. And so, yeah, I, they can do it. Um, it's just a question of uh, can they make the adjustments, and I think that's, that's a pretty obvious answer. Yes, they can. Yeah. Well, let, let's
0: see where you're going with this, man. I asked you at the beginning of the podcast. I gave you some time. We laid out a bunch of facts. I got to know your pick UGA three point favorite over under is 52 Bama won the last game by 150 points. Yeah. So who do you think is winning the national championship Monday, the 10th
2: again, the sports writer in me, I'm really, I, I, I'm running out of ways to write about how great Alabama is. I actually wrote a column about that a couple of years ago. Like how do you, the beat writers that cover Alabama at some point, how do you do that? <laughs> and they just run out of ideas. Um, but again, to quote the great Ric Flair, uh, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And until Georgia beats the man, the man is still the man. So uh, I've got Alabama in this game right now. I had Georgia a couple weeks ago, um, but I, I got Alabama now because, but again, the sports writer in me, um, I don't care who wins games. I really don't. Nobody believes that. But uh the, the 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 better story, um, the maybe the better outcome for college football in general would be if Georgia were to win it. Um that's a proud program that has not won a national championship since nineteen eighty. So I think it would be good for them, and it certainly would be good for the game. But uh but yeah, uh until somebody beats Alabama, I'm rolling with the champs.
0: The the Clemson Tiger in me, the um person that does not like Georgia on certain days, you know, general, we try to be unbiased. Um, I want Alabama to steamroll them. I really do. I I want to keep referencing, yeah, you know, back in 80, that's the last time you did it, but we'll see. It's going to be a fascinating game. That's
1: so funny because I'm a Clemson grad and I'm like, Georgia, please do it. I want, I just didn't play Kelly.
0: It's because you didn't get barked at by grown ass. Oh no, I did.
1: I, I've been, I've been Go to dogs. Athens. Go I've been to Athens and been barked at, but I still, <laughs> just as a sports fan and as a college football fan, I'd rather see Georgia win. So we'll, well see. I don't
2: have to tell y'all about the faded bumper stickers <laughs> when I was in. When I was in, you know, when I was in high school. Dad worked at Furman back in the day. I loved making fun of those Clemson fans. They're talking about this and that, so and so, and they just fired Danny Ford and all and that, that, that. I'm like. <laughs> I don't know y'all that, that bumper sticker on your truck. That is not orange anymore. 1981.
1: That, that thing is
2: 10, 20, 25 years old. So now, now I'm a Tennessee alum. So my 1998 stuff starting to get a little, crazy. Oh yeah. Little, yeah. Little white. Faded. It, it was already but faded orange. Now it's a little, bad, a little white. It's 17 years younger than what they're rolling with in Athens, Georgia. <laughs> That's right, baby. That's
0: yeah.
2: Right. Yeah. Um, we'll but no, I, listen, at the end of the day, I learned it. You guys know, my dad was an ACC referee forever, and I learned this from dad, and I have applied it as a sports writer. I genuinely don't care who wins the game. I, I want a great game. That's all I want. That's right. And, uh, um, but that being said, uh, until Georgia beats him, I'm rolling out <laughs> The
1: philosopher, um, Richard Flair. That's, that's
0: right, Ryan. Ryan, this was so much fun, man. As always, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Good luck with all your coverage this weekend, man.
2: I appreciate it. I'm getting on a plane as soon as we hang up.
0: Guys, that was so much fun. First of all, I love the Star Wars banter back and forth at the beginning of the episode.
1: Yeah, I was so lost during that.
0: I, I figured you might be. Gotta um, be honest,
1: I just laughed.
0: The fact that, you know, Commissioner Swafford always gives him heck, says, Hey, Ryan, why don't you come over to this network? I know, like at, I know you're over at Greg Sankey's network, but why don't you come over here? Um, and then just diving in. I mean, he's the expert there. He, he's watched both of these teams extensively. Uh, he's been to Athens and to Tuscaloosa many a times this year, covered these great teams, and now to see them in the pinnacle. So it was really fun to hear his thoughts uh, on each team and really the outcome. It was a little surprising. I thought he was going to lean Georgia, um, but he's not. He He's fully on the train of – Listen, you got to beat the man, as he quoted Richard Flair uh, about three or four times there. To beat the man, you got to beat the man. And I love it. I love to see it. And I might be leaning with him. We'll, we'll talk about that here in a second.
1: It's very interesting, Mac, and I'm very excited to see your picks. I feel like our picks may be different. I don't know. I, I like at the end how, look, we we put our true colors out there. You want Bama to win because you can't stand Georgia and because you you actually had to play against Georgia multiple times. So you had to experience it. I want Georgia to win because I am tired of Alabama. And I think most of the country feels that way. I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the whole country, but that's the way I feel. And Bama to me, I'm starting to feel about them like I did about UConn a little bit. And what's interesting is that a lot of people said, Well, UConn's so dominant, so that's why I don't watch women's hoops. Well, Bama's dominant. Y'all still watch. (laughs) That's confusing. But anyway, Mac, let's make some picks.
0: (laughs) I love that, KG. Honestly, I would like to do a poll, and maybe we'll do this later on on the Twitter machine. I would love to know kind of just fans' output on it. Like, who do you want to win? Not who do you think, but who do you want to win? Who are you rooting for? Because for me, this is my kind of reasoning here. If Georgia wins... Then it's kind of this, okay, this new superpower. Like for so many years, it's kind of been, you know, Clemson and Bama, you know, playing around majority wise. I know there's this one off every now and again that somehow somebody wins outside of those two teams. But if Georgia wins it, now it's like, okay, they get all these recruits, they do all this and that. Now they've won a natty. And it's like, ooh, look out. Player three has entered the chat. If Bama wins, it's just. Par for the course, whatever. Added to the it's trophy. It's boring,
1: case. though. Here's here's where I think the difference is, Mac. And I'm I'm just going to be honest. Do you know what you sound like? You sound like you're afraid of Georgia. I'm not scared. <laughs> I'm not scared. Go ahead and win one. That's I'm fine.
0: Not, I'm not scared. I just don't want them to have. I don't want them to have nice things. That's all it is. I'm sorry, Georgia. Okay, I understand. If I ever cover you, don't bring this up. And you know, whatever it is. So what it's it is.
1: less fear and it's just more hatred. And I can respect. Yeah, that. Yeah,
0: it's more hatred. It's more hatred. Listen, when you when you get barked at enough, it just it's ingrained into your brain. I'm telling you. I know you have been, but it's just not fun. Anyway, y'all, it is time for our last seaside grown. Fresh Picks of the Week. Seaside Grown is a brand of rich family history, sustainable farming in South Carolina's low country that dates all the way back to 1903. The Sanders family situated the first tomato farm on a peninsula across from the Sound of Hilton Head Island. Six generations later, his family continues to refine his legacy and begin repurposing fruit that was too ripe, a.k.a. the beautiful red tomato, which goes into their flagship product, which was their hearty Bloody Mary mixes and salsas.
1: Bloody Mary mixes, salsas, we love that stuff, Mac, but they also are now making margarita mix, barbecue sauces, hot sauces, and more. All 19 of their true field-to-glass seaside-grown products are made from the fresh produce Seaside grows locally, or comes from other American farms they partner with. The products are then bottled in Seaside's very own commercial packing facility, providing unprecedented traceability for consumers. They know exactly where the food in their bottles comes from.
0: Guys, go to Seasidegrown.com, browse their amazing products that KG just mentioned, and when you load up your cart and you're ready to check out, use our code ACC15 and save 15% on your entire order.
1: Mac, let's make some picks. The National Championship. Number one, Alabama versus number three, Georgia. Both teams are 13-1. and We will not have an undefeated national champion. Lucas Oil Stadium. I've already seen it's very cold up there, but this is an indoor stadium, so it's all good. Tonight, 8 p.m. ESPN. Before we make our pick, let's look at some of these prop bets. I think that whoever's leaning which way on these prop bets will indicate perhaps what our pick is. Let's start with this one, Mac. Georgia has over under 130 rushing yards.
0: Ooh, Listen, guys, I saw the first matchup and they got absolutely stoned by Bama. I just don't know how they're going to do it again. And a lot of people have kind of recently pointed this out, but the fact that uh, Alabama's defense is pretty good and it's probably hand in hand with Georgia. So a lot of folks, I think, going into this that maybe haven't watched the entire football season are like, oh, you know, it's Georgia's great defense versus Alabama's great offense. No, Bama's got a really, really good defense as well. Uh, so I'm going under here. I, I think Alabama turns up. I think Nick Saban gets that uh, defense just, I don't know, I, disrespected, I think, is going to be the key. The rat poison deal. I think those guys ball out. So I'm going way under here.
1: Yeah, the rat poison is is heavy right now. I'm going under. I, I, you can't run the ball on Alabama. And that's why, you know, when you look at the teams that have beaten Bama in the national title, and by look at the teams, I really am looking at Clemson, you didn't you, – you play the game outside the hashes. You have to. You can't just line up and run the ball against Bama. And so using those running backs in, in receiving positions, I think, is going to be huge. If this prop bet was the receivers over under 130 yards from scrimmage – then I would definitely take the over, but not rushing yards. So speaking of that, Mac, and speaking of the guy that needs to activate these weapons, Stetson Bennett, he had some issues with the picks against Alabama in the first one. Stetson Bennett over under one and a half interceptions.
0: Mm, This one's tough. So he threw two last game. It's just hard for me to look at because I think that Alabama is going to try to heat him up. I think they're going to try to get in his face. I think Will Anderson's one of the best, uh, you, you know, just defensive freaks that we've seen in quite some time. He's going to get after the quarterback, so because of that, I think that's going to cause Stetson to, to, you know, have some misthrows. I do think he's going to be a little bit more sharper though. I think that he's going to put that loss in the championship a little bit on his shoulders and say, "Hey, I have to play better." So I'm going to go under. I do think he throws at least one, uh, and it might be a really pivotal moment, but I'm going to go under here.
1: I think one is the right call. I'm going under. I really think it's big for Georgia that they got that Michigan game where they were dominant, they got their confidence back. It, it would be different if, OK, rematch, here you go. If this was the BCS, and Georgia didn't have the Michigan game to get, to get back, but they did. So I think it's under here. I could see one though, Mac. I'm with you on that. And here's the crazy stat that Georgia did not sack Bryce Young once in the first game, and this is a scary front seven for Georgia. So, in this national title Mac, will they sack Bryce Young? The number is one and a half.
0: No. Zero. Back they, to they back. They won't
1: get to him at all? Nope. No way. No they way. get to him at least once. They get to him, I, him at he's least
0: He's too smart. It's just, it's crazy. If you go back and watch his film, guys, he is so dialed in, and he's elusive as well. It's not like he's a statue sitting yeah, back there is. a la game one that Georgia saw. He can move, and he can get out of the pocket. So, it's going to be really interesting to see. Do they try? Is that like an initiative for this Georgia defense? Are they going to just send, you know, seven, six, multiple times and just try to get this guy? Like, we have to at least get one. And I don't think they're going to. I think that he's going to see it too quickly. He's going to know where to go with the football and he's going to get it out. So I'm going under here.
1: I think they sack him at least once. Now, Ultimate credit to to Bryce Young because dude is elusive. I mean, he is tough to put on the ground. But without John Mechie, I do feel like Georgia thinks they can blitz a little more and they'll get to him. They'll get to him at least once, Mac, but I'll go under just because he's he's tough. Bryce Young, you he's so tough to get to. Okay, let's talk Bama. Point total, over under 35 points for Alabama.
0: This might not seem crazy. I didn't know where to go with this number,
1: no, average is forty
0: one, but George has only given up nine points a game y'all like it's it's crazy when I look at these, and I'm trying to find what's the perfect. I probably should have done their average. I should have put it at like forty, but I'm going over here. I think that this is an exclamation point game. I think they're really dialed in, and honestly, this might be high scoring like we've always seen. uh the one thing that better not happen it better not get over. 85 points, because if it does, then that will become the most highest-scored uh, championship ever, and that will take away the one thing that I have in that loss. So please, guys, just keep it under 85. That's all I ask.
1: Don't take the one thing Mac has. <laughs> I am going to go under. I think this game I think this game is a 34-31 type of contest. Mm. So that's why I think the 35 number was really good, Mac, because oh, good. it's thank tough. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But I'm gonna go under here. And then speaking of that, Bryce Young throws for over under three hundred and twenty passing yards. That is his average on the year. So what does he end up doing in this game?
0: I've just gotta think he's gonna be the Heisman. I gotta think he's going for over. And and it might not be much over. I mean, this there might be, you know, some big time emphasis for Georgia in the passing game. Clearly, they got absolutely worked the last time that they played Alabama in that regard. Uh, but I, I think he's too good. I think he's too good to scheme up. We kind of discussed that with Ryan McGee a little bit before, and uh, I think he goes over here. So he he is going to be the reason that Alabama wins their. I don't even know what they're on. Like the thirty first, twenty first, something championship for Alabama.
1: One hundred. It's
0: one hundred. Yeah,
1: one hundred. I think over, but not not by a lot. I think he ends up with three twenty five, three thirty, something okay. like that.
0: Okay, I like this.
1: I think you're kinda, the John McGee. Mechie... You're kind of
0: leaning. You're yeah, kind of leaning yeah, a little yeah. bit with just me. Wait. I think you're going to throw a curveball at the end.
1: Oh, just wait. Just wait. Not having John Mechie is big.
0: Yeah. I I'll just so. put it that way. But there's, okay. another, there's another six star that's coming in. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah. 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 It's we'll see, just we'll no see. experience.
1: Bright lights. Bright lights got to show up. Bama's defense holds Georgia to 375 total yards of offense over under that number. And then we're going to make our picks.
0: This would actually be a huge feat because I think last game it was like 450 maybe. So that that would be a huge increase if they were able to do this. I'm going to go – I think they go over that. I think Georgia – I think Georgia's locked in. I think Stetson's locked in. I already said he's not going to throw more than one and a half picks. With that in mind, he has to throw the ball well. Um, I said, they're not going to rush it. So it's really going to be on Bennett's shoulders. I'll go over here. Uh, mm-hmm. it might end up not happening because again, I think this masterful performance is coming. Uh, but I- I'm going to go, I'm going to go over.
1: I'm going to go over as well. 375 is the low number. I think Georgia gets, gets over that number. Mac, do you want to give your pick first or do you want me to my friend?
0: I don't even think I really need to give a pick KG. I mean, the way, how much of a Bama Homer I've been, which I don't like. That feels weird even saying. Um, I'm going with the tide. I'm taking the points, and I'm taking the over as well. That's a low number. By the way, it's fascinating to me that Vegas just saw this game happen, lose by 20 points almost. They still are favoriting Georgia, and the over-under is so low. Like, I don't understand that. I don't understand it at all. So I think you take the over, and you're it's free money. I don't get it.
1: Okay, Eric McLean. First thing. Vegas knows. They know what's going on. Vegas always Vegas They didn't always know knows. last
0: time. They did Vegas not know last knows. time. So okay. I don't know. I'm
1: picking Georgia, and here are two reasons why. <laughs> the fir- Do not bark at me. The first one, it's too early for that. The first one is the fact that John Mechie's out. I think that's a difference maker in this game, and I think that you're going to be able to bracket and, and double Jameson Williams and force a young guy to beat you. Now, if Devontae Smith from... 2017 just emerges, okay, you know what? I'll just take the L because that's Bama. But I do think is a big factor. Secondly, and I am receiving some heat for this on Twitter, you haters who don't read my tweet and don't understand what I'm saying. Stetson Bennett,
0: Oh, the game especially, manager.
1: <laughs> listen, listen. Stetson Bennett, especially when compared to Bryce Young, is a game manager. When you only throw the ball 20 times a game, you're a game manager. Now, part of that is Georgia's system, okay? If Stetson went somewhere else, if he went to Mississippi State or whatever, yes, he would put up incredible numbers. But it's the system that he's in at Georgia, okay? So I don't mean that as a knock. I think Stetson Bennett is a great quarterback, but he's not Bryce Young. The game plan revolves around Bryce Young first and foremost. It doesn't revolve around Stetson Bennett first and foremost. That being said, I think Georgia is the only program In the country, because Bama abandoned it. Bama, I just hit a picture on my wall, I'm so fired. (laughs) Bama tried to win national titles with a game manager, and they couldn't. They abandoned it. Georgia recruits so well. They are so good at every position that I believe they are the only program in the country that can win a national title with a game manager. And that, I'm, I'm giving credit to Georgia. Like, so many Georgia fans were in my mentions saying, oh, you don't watch the games, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> First of all, I do. Thank you. Would you say that to a man? No. Secondly, I do know what I'm talking about, because Georgia is that good at every other position. And that's why, especially the age-old saying, Mac, that I think is really true, that it's very difficult to beat the same team twice, especially in a month, and Georgia is going to play so much better than they did in that SEC title game. And this game is not in Atlanta, thankfully, their house of horrors. It's in Indy. I think Georgia wins the football game.
0: Come on, KG. A uh, lot to unpack there. Um, number one, <laughs> I, I 1,000% support you. I mean, this guy had 261 pass attempts. Bryce Young had 490 That's pass attempts. That's my point. He's a game manager. It's, it's, I think people take game manager very negatively. But it's not. He's an elite
1: game manager. You have to be good to manage
0: the game. I mean, there's not many that can manage a game. And so the position, it just comes with the territory. Hand off right, hand off left, play action, hit a tight end, 50 yards downfield. Awesome. Great job. Like, that's what it is. You're a game manager. There's no, It's not a knock. And uh, I'm sorry that you chose that system. Let me ask you this, KG. You say that UGA is the only team that can do it. If they get blipped, which I think might happen, Mm -hmm. Can they not? Do they have to go to this dynamic? I mean, they tried with Fields and then couldn't keep them for you know silly allegations that we don't know if If true or not. If they get
1: blipped, then, yeah, I I think we're at a point. We're at a crossroads. Because, look, they had Fromm. Fromm was a game manager, guys. Fromm was a game manager. And you almost did it. The evil genius that is Nick Saban, he also had a game manager, (laughs) Jalen Hurts. And he said, this isn't going to work. I got to go to Tua. And now, of course, Bama's changed everything they do since that moment. Yep. So if it doesn't work in this game, Mac, tonight, then I do think perhaps my theory is wrong. I would agree.
0: <laughs> we will find out. I can't wait to watch it, guys. It's going to be so much fun. Thank you all for listening. Another great episode of Gramlick and Mac Lane, brought to you by our friends over at Duke's Mayo. If you haven't already, Go over to iTunes, follow our podcast, drop us a little five-star rating or write us a review. We'd greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see y'all.